Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's uh, Permanente Doc Chat. I'm your host, Alex McDonald. Uh, as you, many of you know by now, I practice family and sports medicine here in Fontana, California, as part of the Southern California Permanente Medical Group here at KP. So today's podcast, our topic, chat, uh, we are very excited. Um, I'm, I'm here with Dr. Tarusani, who is a pediatrician from South Bay uh, and the Director of Physician Leadership uh, and Culture at Physician Leadership Development and Culture, there we go, uh, at South Bay Medical Center. So welcome, Dr. Sani. Thank you so much for having me. It's a, a great pleasure to share my story and, and to be here with you all today. Wonderful. Um, well, we are looking forward to it. We're Today, we're talking about patient engagement, um, and that can mean lots of things to lots of people. Um, but uh, we're going to start kind of with your your story and your perspective and then and then open it up. Um, if you're listening or watching this live, you have questions, please drop them in the Q&A. We'll try to get to as many as we can. We only have about 20 minutes. We try to keep these short and high yield. So get those questions in early. I'll try to remind you halfway through as well. So... Uh, Dr. Sani, let's just kind of take a step back and, and tell us who you are and, and what you do. Absolutely. So um, I'm a pediatrician, like you mentioned, at the South Bay Medical Center here um, in Southern California for SCPMG at KP. Um, I have been here at KP since 2011. I went straight from residency. I'm a USC for life. I'm a Trojan for life. Went there for undergrad, med school, and residency, and then um, started straight here at KP um, and have been um, enjoying my um, tenure as a pediatrician, but also having that opportunity for my director role as the um, leadership development and culture. What does that really mean, though? What does that fancy title mean? Uh, that means I'm actually a champion for physician wellness. Mm -hmm. um, I do teach um, leadership development classes to our new uh, leaders. Um, I work on collegiality. So it's kind of like, hey, this department um, could work on their communication with each other. Mm -hmm. Let's let's talk together. Um, and then I also run our Pathway to Partnership program, which is um, a program that we um, help navigate new uh, doctors uh, at KP. So I'm a, a really privileged to be part of that. Great. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, and again, we're talking about patient engagement today. And yes. so I want you to share a little bit about what, what patient engagement means to you, um, why it's important, uh, and then also how you have kind of a unique, uh, a unique way that you engage patients. Absolutely. So um, honestly, for me, patient engagement um, is connection. It's what you have, that relationship with people, right? Um, I think when you have that connection, it's not only important patient engagement, but connection for physician engagement as well, because mm -hmm. that's a huge piece, right? It's both physicians and patients. We're a partnership together. When you have that connection and relationship, you get one, you build trust amongst each other, and then you get professional like happiness for being at work. Yep. At the end of the day, I really think it, we're all humans and what we crave is human connection. But how does that translate to like patients? It's patient outcomes. When you have that trust, people are going to make decisions with you rather than you telling and, and preaching as a doctor. Yep. You yep. get to have a, a relationship and you make decisions together. What's best for you, you know, and it includes and engages all aspects of what we're trying to do as human beings, like EID work, you know, wellness work, all of this work converges if you're able to make that connection. Yeah. I mean, as a, as a 
family medicine physician myself, that's what I love best is, is building those relationships over time and getting to know, I, you know, I take care of kids as well as parents, as well as grandparents, often in the same family, multi-generations and getting to know that whole family and having them get to know me as yes, as their physician, but also as a, as a person, I think is just so much more valuable. And then it's just much more fun, right? Ah, Rather than, yes. you know, kind of uh, uh, feeling like you're kind of going through a slog day in, day out. Um, so I completely agree with you there. And then you can really, by having that trust in that relationship, there's clear data that patient outcomes are better. They are, they're yes. healthier. They utilize the ER less often. They utilize uh, unnecessary or low value tests more often. Um, there's so much data around how you connect with a person. Um, and, and, and again, you and I both doing primary care is, is important, but even in a situation like the emergency room or, or an acute care setting where like you have to make very quick decisions, how physicians present themselves, how they introduce themselves, all of that builds engagement and, and, and trust or lack thereof very, very quickly. And so I think it's not just in the primary care setting that we think about this patient engagement work. Absolutely. And, you know, and that, that, you know, people think, oh, I have to have this longitudinal relationship with somebody in order to gain their trust. And you're so right on that you can make that small connection, even if you're uh, uh, quick in and out, if you're I'm seeing a new patient in urgent care that I've never met before. And it can be the smallest things. You just got to look around a little bit. Like if you're looking at a teenager and you see their phone, so many of them like drawings that they've made in their cone case mm-hmm. or a picture um, or, you know, a family member. And you just have to ask, hey, tell me more about that. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, even small things like, hey, I love your glittery shoes. Where did you get those? You know, and I love what you talked about, about bringing yourself into the conversation. I know that we're in a privileged spot in that in primary care, sometimes you can bring more about yourself forward, mm-hmm. maybe not so much in psychiatry and other specialties, <laughs> but you're able to do that, you know, even making that connection, like I have two daughters, um, Gia and Nina, they're five and nine. And I actually just got my my older one, the HPV vaccine. And I use it all the time. I use my yep. kids all the time in the exam room saying, hey, I just got my daughter the HPV vaccine. I think it's so important. And, you know, bringing yourself um, into the exam room and your experiences are so valuable. I um, I don't know if you've ever had that experience as a kid when you would see your teacher outside of school. Right. And we'd be yep. like, wait, what? Wait, well, you don't live at the school and you don't have, you have other identities besides just being a teacher. I feel like that as a doctor too. Like sometimes if, you know, um, they see I was once uh, recognized at Costco by my laugh. And they're like, Dr. Sony, you know, but it's but it's one of those things, though, um, is that you are bringing yourself um, there and showing that you are, are a multidimensional human, you know, yep, <laughs> you yep. are more than just a physician. And it, that helps with that connection piece as well. Yeah, I remember very clearly. Um uh, as a resident, actually, that moment where I was like, oh, I don't have to be this sort of like Norman Rockwell, perfect image of a physician yes. or what society says as a physician. I can just be Alex, who's kind of a goofball. Um, and I, I can still engage with my patients. And it made medicine so much more fun um, and, and felt like I could just be myself. And I didn't have to sort of be hiding behind sort of a, a mask, so to speak. So uh, that was my own my own personal experience. So, well, tell me, you kind of already went into this a little bit. What are some ways that you and your colleagues engage your patients? not just inside, but also outside the exam room. Absolutely. So I think that you need to start in the exam room so that it happens outside. Um, And so one of the things I do is like in in Health Connect, like our electronic medical record, there's actually a thing called a sticky note. And so I always write 
something in there, um, a fun fact about my patient, like, hey, um, they have a new dog. And so the next time I see them, hey, how's your new dog? And they're like, man, you have such a good memory. And I'm like, yeah. and but I, I also engage them and say, hey, I, I thought that was an important thing to remember. So I put it in your note, in your chart. Mm-hmm. And I and I show them the computer and, and how I, I want to connect with them. Or if I know that there was a big milestone or even something like, grades like hey you know we talked about like maybe bringing up your grades and you were getting a tutor how's your grade you know and so when you do that the biggest thing is for them to remember you outside of the exam room Mm -hmm. um and so that's how you start getting that engagement outside i remember um growing up i never thought of my pediatrician until something was wrong with me i was like oh i need to go see the doctor Mm -hmm. But when you're able to engage them outside or inside your exam, when they start thinking about you outside. So actually I have a, a recent um, example. Um, one of my patients was really excited about their Halloween costume. And so I said, hey, when you um, when you and your brother are in, in full regalia in your costume, send me a picture on KP.org. I want to see your picture. And sure enough, they sent me a picture and it was the best. And it was so fun because... I created that connection with them mm. about that or excitement. And then they were able to engage with me again outside of the exam room through a KP.org message, um, which was really cool. And it's a great KP.org message to, to receive right, exactly. as a physician, yeah. uh, you know, to, to, to actually put a positive spin on. I know the, the big work burden we have on messages, but to have that little sparkle of mm-hmm. uh, in, embedded in your in-basket can sometimes like just totally change your mood. Yeah, when when you know ninety percent of my messages from patients are usually I need help or I'm feeling bad, um, but every once in a while you get something being like, "Hey, thank you so much," or "Hey, look, I you know lost twenty five pounds you know in the last six months," and like those little moments, like please, we want to hear those those positive stories too because you know um, the 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 as you said, people think of us and send us messages usually when there's something wrong, um, but yeah. sending something positive can be, be very valuable. I I completely agree with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, remember to drop your questions in the Q&A if you have questions. Uh, we definitely want to get to them. Uh, talking about patient and care, if you have a, st- excuse me, patient engagement, if you have a story, definitely let us know or, or, or ask those questions so we can can get those in. Um, what are what are some factors that that you look for when you're thinking about patient engagement outside the exam room? Are there some, is there something specific that you do or your colleagues do or your clinic does um, to, to continue to kind of reach out to patients beyond the exam room? You know, there's a few things that I've seen actually my colleagues do, um, especially when I'm covering somebody's in basket, mm-hmm. is that they'll send a little reminder to themselves, maybe, you know, three months or six months out to say, call this patient back to ask about X, Y, or Z. So I think it can be bi-directional, right? It's like you asking them to engage and tell us, hey, show me your Halloween picture or tell me how, you know, how's it going with your weight loss? Because I know you were really excited about that new program. Um, but then it can be coming from us too. Be like, hey, you know, we talked about um, this new medication. Uh, tell me how's it going? Mm-hmm. You know, us engaging with them and also, you know, bringing sometimes you need a little nudge or a little reminder as humans, and we can be that person who provides it. But I love that I see those kinds of things um, in my colleagues in baskets as well as things that I do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there's a great question in the chat here, actually. So seeing seeing so many patients in clinic now, any tips on how to conduct sort of efficient uh, engagement where you can make that connection, but still not run behind schedule in <laughs> clinic, which we all we all suffer from? 
Oh man, that's a phenomenal question that I have like a 30 point answer to. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For sure. I think it's um, a quick thing is just as soon as you get in there, when I I walk in the door, I say hello and I shake people's hands. Um, I I started doing it again during COVID. We kind of stayed away from the the physical contact, but Mm -hmm. um, it was something that I I make, uh, I say hello and shake everybody's hand in the exam room to to say, hey, I see you that you're here, you mm-hmm. know, grandma, mom, auntie, um, and then also high five the patient, you know, you got to acknowledge that they're there too. So that's right. a quick connection point, you know, you don't even have to say anything, but just that that acknowledgement. Um, and then also just um, being able, I, um, this is, I have to thank Mrs. Miller, my eighth grade typing teacher, but I'm able to type without looking at the keyboard. And I, oh. I ask questions and make eye contact, you know, um, I think Health Connect, if um, going to Health Connect Essentials, improving your efficiency as a physician mm-hmm. um, is a huge deal. So if you are able to go to that, I improve your your skills so that after each patient, I finish my note before I go into the next one. Yep. And so, you know, there's so many factors to that. I totally understand that it can be overwhelming when you're seeing that whole ton of patients, but these small little things um, help, but also it makes you want to go to work and it brings mm-hmm. fulfillment. Those mm-hmm. are the things that I think are so important. Like going back to the beginning of our conversation is that, you know, we can go through the grind of going through all those patients, but if you can make that interaction meaningful yep. for yourself too, yep. that's the secret sauce of, a, a you know, a career of being able to retire at KP rather than, you know, or at any facility you work at any, any, I guess, profession to which to be honest is making that meaningful connection at work for yourself whether it be, whatever it is that your interest is but bringing that meaning is what creates sustainability for all of us yeah one one quick way that i engage patients particularly if i'm working urgent care or i'm seeing a patient for one of my colleagues is i say oh i see i see you see dr mahmood is your primary care doctor i'm i'm sorry you're stuck with me today but how can i help you right and it's just kind of like a little bit of a funny joke and it just sort of breaks that ice and yes. I, I you can visibly see patients sort of relax a little bit when i when i i take time to see okay you normally see this doctor i understand you have a relationship with them but i'm i'm here what can i do right and and i think that that it works well for me and it just takes a moment honestly uh to to do that so little little pieces like that is something that i found helpful for me personally um absolutely i totally agree with that that bringing each other up too of um you know sometimes i'll see patients who are from another medical center but i went to residency with them like oh you have dr singh i went to residency with her she's awesome and like bring other people up and mm -hmm. people will bring that to you back Mm -hmm. to you like oh you know um i saw you know Dr. Sony, and she said she loves loves you. She says hello. You know, that's another way to engage people yep. is like bringing them back and like send me- sending messages to your patients. You know, <laughs> yep. that makes perfect sense. Um, so we have another question here. Uh, okay. So so do do patients know that they can communicate through KP.org um, and, and use messaging on that level? Do you feel like that's something that's pretty commonplace? Um, I, obviously, I know teenagers have sort of the the black hole where they're limited in terms yes. of how they can communicate through KP.org, um, but particularly for parents of younger children and then for for myself, for my adults, um, I'm always reminding people, hey, you can use kp.org to reach out to me. Uh, Appointments are hard to find, uh, but email me and I'll try and do what I can through email. Um, It's something that I do. Is there something specific you you do to help kind of make sure patients know they can engage us on different levels? 
Absolutely. I um I actually have the ability to sign people up myself. And uh, I think it's a big priority for me, for um my patients to be able to engage on kp.org. So I'll be like, hey, are you signed uh, mom or dad, are you signed up for kp.org? Um, you know, if, if they're not, unfortunately it's harder for me to sign up the child, but if they are, then I can sign up the child and link their profiles and be like, okay. You text me a picture or you send me a picture, not text me a picture, but send me a, a message with a picture. You, you know, and these are, um, I think these are things that, yes, it does take an extra two minutes, mm-hmm. but it saves me so much time and the parent so much time. If they're able to send me a message rather mm-hmm. than trying to send them a telephone message right. through the call center, and it just decreases that barrier and access to care. And so, and we also do it at our, in our newborn nursery. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the tasks at South Bay for the um, clerk is to sign up all of our patients for KP.org as soon right. as they're born. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. Um, yeah. When I have a, a newborn visit for their two or four week newborn visit, I always tell mom or dad, whoever's with them, like, hey, do you know, have you signed them up through KP.org? So you can email me through their chart. I have a lot, again, a lot of families I take care of. So often the mom will email me through the mom's chart about the baby. I'm like, no, no, no. You have to email me about the baby through the baby's chart. And yes, so yes. a little bit of education goes a long way. Um, so here's a, here's a really interesting question in the chat. Um, do you agree that, that patient engagement and building trust is essential for, for timely and accurate diagnoses? Oh, 1000%. I can't, I mean, that's a phenomenal question. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, it's about also kind of reading the room too, right? If like, I'm trying to convince a parent, like your child at this age doesn't have sinuses, so they can't have a sinus infection. I think it's just another viral infection. And if you're able to read that room and say, they are not buying what I'm trying to sell them. Right. And you take that one step and you're like, what are you worried about? What's concerning you? Mm -hmm. You know? And if you can, and then they'll reveal so much to you that like, hey, my sister died of leukemia and this was the first sign that they had. Mm-hmm. And if you're able to get that piece of information, I've just probably saved three more visits because they yeah. they weren't able to say that. And that's the huge part of making that connection and, yeah. and just reading the room and saying, is what I'm saying landing? Yeah, I Absolutely. had... I- I had a very similar experience. I had a patient who had, uh, they had seen several other doctors, multiple visits for headaches. And then I kind of sat down and I'm like, I'm like, look, you've been seen four times in the last month for, for these headaches. Like, what's going on? Why are you worried? <laughs> Turns out his father had died from a brain tumor. Um, yep. Right. And once you have that piece of information, the whole conversation changes. Um, and I think a lot of times patients are kind of afraid to to share that kind of that more yes. personal information. Um, and as physicians, we're, we're kind of, you know, we're busy. We're trying to get through our days. We have our checklist of, of X, Y, and Z we have to get through. And we sort of sometimes forget that there's a person attached to that checklist. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and again, that's where that connection just becomes so helpful because I see you as a person, you see me as a person. Yes. I feel like yes. we're a broken record. We keep talking over and over here. So. <laughs> anyway, we're, we're, we're getting, we're sending the point, the, the take home message home multiple times in this, in this visit. Absolutely. <laughs> I think we're cut from the same cloth. So this helps. <laughs> Um, so there was a question here about um, engaging patients who struggle with mental health, um, who have depression, anxiety. Um, those can be sometimes harder patients to connect with. Um, do you have any specific uh, strategies or alternatives when it comes to patients who are maybe harder to kind of open up or, or whose, whose mental health issues are, are, are kind of 
severely impacting their care or their presentation? Absolutely. Um, um, I think there's a little bit of a like a longitudinal approach. You kind of have to, it's again, building that trust. I think sometimes it does take a little bit longer with those patients mm-hmm. and you might not, you not, might not be able to do it in urgent care when you're meeting for the first time, but maybe having that relationship over time as a primary care physician can absolutely help. Um, if I can share just a personal stories that I also, um, through COVID developed a lot of anxiety and I started going to, to see a therapist mm-hmm. and it was so helpful. And being able to share that part of myself saying, you know, this is what happened to me. I went to go see a therapist and it was so helpful for me. And maybe you might want to consider doing that too. And I'm able to, of course, once I've built that trust, I have that relationship saying, maybe you want to think about it too. And I'm just leaving here as an option and I'm giving you the phone number. Mm -hmm. You can make that move if you want to. Know that it really helped me and it really helped my family and how I show up as a doctor and as a mom and as a wife and sometimes giving them that permission. Yeah, that's that's such a great example. It's just sometimes patients aren't ready to take that step, but if you can at least give them the options and, and give them the tools so that, that they're when they're ready, they can then make that phone call or, or make that appointment or, or whatever that might be. That's that's really a uh, really helpful tip. Um, where can where can physici- physicians learn more about how they can engage patients in a, in a way or a, or, or a style that fits kind of their their practice, uh, their 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 practice setting, their style. Um, are there any kind of tools or, or resources out there where patients can, excuse me, where physicians can learn how to better engage patients? Um, so for me, um, my philosophy is that you got to look at yourself inward first. Mm-hmm. Where are your, you know, if you could t- take half a day, see what what's important to you. What are your values? What is fulfilling for you? And if you can really get laser focus on what that is for you, mm-hmm. you can totally apply it everywhere, including work. And if it's like, I really love running. And so if I can figure out, hey, I really love your running shoes. Where'd you get those from? I like to run marathons. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you got to figure out what's your value and what's what's engaging and interesting to you. And then that's how you engage. I think a lot of it is self uh, looking at oneself, putting up the right. mirror and figuring out what's important to you. And that's the way you're able to engage. And then also just asking colleagues for tips and tricks. We all have so many things where each our colleagues are a plethora of information, you know, and it doesn't have to be other physicians. It can be the nurse. The nurse is so engaging with kids and Mm -hmm. and patients, you know, they and they're they are also a great secret to all of the engagement because they can tell you things that you need to know about, you know, they had a really bad day or, hey, that grandma of that family just died. And so you need to know about that. And, you know, those just using all of the things yep. around you is so helpful. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And and I've asked you, I've, I've subtly asked you multiple times, so I'm just going to come out flat oh, right please. and say, say it. <laughs> So, so speaking of self-reflection, um, tell us about your Bollywood dancing superpower. So I was a competitive um, dancer in college. I did Bhangra and I did uh, Bollywood and Garba. So uh, lots of forms of dancing. And so, um, you know, I've always loved to dance. And so when I came to KP, um, actually, my chief found out that I, I did this. And so at our holiday party, asked uh, me to lead a Bollywood dance. And nice. so I engaged everybody at the holiday party and we were all dancing Bhangra. That was like my second year here. And after that, I grew into um, we used to do workouts at lunchtime at my mm-hmm. medical, medical office building. And um, 
I started doing Thursday Bollywood breakout sessions and um, Dr. Harini Reddy, who helped spearhead the Women in Medicine Symposium, found out about it. And so she asked me to um, do the Bollywood breakout session. So now at Women in Medicine Symposium, I will do a Bollywood breakout session every year. So it's it's something that really brings me joy. And honestly, it was one of those moments where all of my worlds kind of collided. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a really cool um, thing that I get to share that I got to be my identity as a physician, mm-hmm. um, as an Indian person, and my love and as a dancer all got to kind of collide. And it's such a, a fun thing for me to do. That's phenomenal. And by the way, shout out for the KP Women in Medicine Conference. It's not just for women. I go every year with my wife, who's also a physician. And it's uh, been a great tool for me to learn how I can be a better ally for my female uh, colleagues, both both physicians and and NPs and nurses and you name it. So uh, shout out to the Women in Medicine uh, Conference happening in this June, I think. Uh, I I believe it's going to be June. Usually it's during the summer. Yep. Summer month. Yeah. It's usually at a really nice hotel also. So, yes. all right. Well, we're, this is phenomenal. We could go on and on, but we want to keep these short and high yield last. And perhaps my, my most important question, what makes you most proud to be a Permanente physician? Oh, do you have like another two hours? No. <laughs> short and sweet. No, it's that I get to be a, a physician and practice ethical medicine. And also that I get to pursue other Um, avenues of my strengths. So I don't have to just be a physician. I get to do all of these other things too in my director role. So I am just thrilled to be a part of this organization. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Sony, and sharing your, your expertise and your thoughts with us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you for this opportunity. I appreciate it. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the speaker and are not meant to represent the views of the Permanente Federation, the Permanente Medical Groups, or Kaiser Permanente.